Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who nearly killed a woman in the audience yesterday. Is Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Love to see you. Thank you for coming, everyone. You're uh, small but perfectly formed. Very nice to see you. Welcome to uh, Rich Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Um, I was talking to Angela Rippon from off of Master Team yesterday. Who remembers Master Team? That's my mate. I used to... Oh, she was great on that. No one remembers Master Team. I used to eat my... It was on between 1985 and 1987. I used to eat my tea watching it with my mum. And it was a, through a period where my mum was making a lot of soups and stews. And that's why I think of... I can't remember anything about the quiz, but Angela Rippon... Anyway, I saw her yesterday. She's doing well. Uh, she calls it Rahalista, but anyway. So it's like... I was, uh, I was in Harpenden yesterday uh, doing a, uh, a afternoon gigs about... Um, Morecambe and Wise. This Eric Morecambe Centre has been set up in Harpenden. And Robin Ince asked me to come along and talk about... Uh, Morecambe and Wise as, the, as a double act and we saw this afternoon gig we'd been moved to the function room because we hadn't sold enough tickets uh, in the theatre 
Shame there isn't a function room in this place, isn't it? And, uh, and that last time I'd been involved, I'd, I went to the theatre where Eric Morecambe died. I had a gig in, the, in Tewkesbury, I think it is. Is that right? Uh, and not enough people came to that, and we were moved into the bar. So I think Eric Morecambe's got something against me in the, in the heavenly realm. Uh, that's where I met Andrew Rippon, who was doing a, a, a different thing. But in our little, in our function room, about 50 minutes into this hour-long chat, uh, a woman in the front row said, I think there's something wrong with this lady. And there was a woman in the front row. Quite, it was quite an elderly audience. Uh, I'd already spotted a bloke in the third row who was sleeping. Uh, so people just come in out of the cold. But she, she'd gone right back and her head was right back and her eyes had gone. And she, I thought she'd gone. I thought we'd lost her. Uh, and, uh, but she, we'd stopped the gig, but she, uh, out of respect for her past soul. But she, she, came, she came back alive again and was okay. She was... Okay, I don't think she died through laughter, is what I would say. <laughs> she died through boredom, if that had happened, so it's, uh, it's a bit of a shame. Uh, and also, the, I've had a very full weekend. On uh, Saturday, um, I went to, it was my uh, mother-in-law's birthday, and my wife, for some reason, decided a good present for my, my mother-in-law would be um, a speedboat ride on the Thames. Uh, and and should, I take, should I take us, my, uh, my seven-year-old and my four-year-old son and her dad who when last time was on a cruise had to get off because it was he got he he couldn't cope with the the a, a cruise ship moving over the sea uh and so we did we uh, speedboats aren't really my thing i'm not really into the adrenaline stuff like my guest today and um uh but i it was all slow to begin with it was nice but once we got past tower bridge it went, went at full pelt and it was really fast and it was jumping up and down and hitting the waves and it was going to the side and the side uh, luckily, my son was going, I don't like it, I don't like it. So he had to stop and go slowly. But I really was just... I've, it's been the most delighted I've had to have a child, I have to say. It's finally they have a use, because I was fucking bricking it, I have to tell you. Uh, look, before we go on, I should thank um, the, uh, the Kickstarter people who have uh, backed this in order to get a mention. Uh, John Walker uh, backed us. He says, 25 years, an MS warrior and still shuffling. Uh, I'm assuming that's multiple sclerosis, but it might be Marks and Spencer's. I don't know. It's either way, but well done, John. Uh, Jim Parkin also is another big supporter of the podcast. He doesn't want anything said. David Smith. I haven't read this. Let's let's see what he what he says. Uh, I'd like Richard to dedicate the episode to my cockapoo Beans. Beans is a wonderful dog and a regular listener of Rahalastapa. Uh, thank you and. Uh, I'd like him and all your listeners to know I think he's, he's a good boy, the best boy. That is, uh, he says, feel free to be offensive. I'm not going to be offensive to beans, a little cockapoo. Fucking hell. What has my life become? It's amazing. Right, look, my guest this week is going to be a fantastic show, I can tell you. He's probably best known for his appearance on the Podge and Rod show. Yeah. Uh, though he was also, of course, Dungeon Master on Tucker's Luck. And I think we should talk to him about that for an hour. <laughs> Will you please welcome, the universe may be destroyed. This is the first time we've ever met and been in the same room. Some people think we look like each other. It's crazy. Will you please welcome the amazing Charlie Borman, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is. Fine. It's Charlie Borman. It's a mirror. It's a mirror. Who put a mirror? Who put a mirror down the centre? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I thought so. I thought you were tall. Someone told me you were really tall. So I thought when you came out, it'd be funny because you'd be tall. But you're the same height as me as well, more or less. Well, a little taller. A little but, taller. You know, not that it really matters. And we were checking each other's penises in the changing room as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yours is very small, Charlie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we, you know, our genitals are quite similar. There's a lot of similarities. We'll get into that later. Well, we've you... only got two between us. We? So, <laughs> yes. So two, two balls. We should be known as two um... balls. But we, you've lost a ball, and I've lost a ball for the yeah. same cause. We've been talking about it this afternoon for another podcast. Um, you, you lost your right one as well. I lost my right one as well. No good. We could have if we could have had a full set. I know it would have been, it could have been handy actually. But but but, but I have a false testicle yes. and you don't. So I've got a little rubber one, and uh, it's um, and when I was in the, I was in um, uh, Jordan a few years ago, and I was floating around in the Dead Sea, and 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 it's it floats so much that that when I was swimming, it kept flipping me over. <laughs> And this little hairy testicle just kept popping out of the water. So, so I've got, I've got a, a you know a, a life jacket attached to, yeah. to me, so I'm I'm good. So it's good. if we were at the Titanic, you'd, you'd be fucked and I'd be fine. I just hold on to you; it'd be fine. There are a few weird coincidences. Like I've I, I've been mistaken for you a few times by people who insist that I am you, even when I say I don't know what they're talking about. So a guy literally came up to me in a, a club and said, "Well done on the long way round." And I went, I don't know what that is. And he said, you know, when you motorbike around the world with you and McGregor. And you go, no, I don't. <laughs> that isn't ringing any bell. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that time, yeah. How had I forgotten that? Um, and also, um, you, I'm interested in, you got the gig um, uh, advertising herring shoes. Oh, yeah. Well, How well, did you get that? Do you like those shoes? I, do, I actually buy stuff from herring shoes, partly because oh. they've got herring written all over them. Also, my name is Herring, and I look like you. Why did they get you to do it? Not, did, they, did you get well, that? Well, you're the sort of ugly be... brother, I suppose, that, that, you know, they need someone to sell it. Um, I, I, I don't know why I got this. He saw me wearing them in, in some thing, and they got in contact with me and said, would, you, would you like some shoes? And, 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 you know, yeah, of course, I mean, you know. You don't want to buy shit, do you? Well, it really? It should it's, be me. It should be, I know. Well, listen, I'll, I'll put a word in. Actually, I tried already, and he said who <laughs> <laughs> i used to i think i presume it's the same firm or there's there, we, we used to when our school coach would go to stratford Avon, we'd pa- pass a shop called richard herring shoes and everyone in the coach was saying richard herring richard herring richard herring shoes uh, so i presume it's the same guys but there is a richard herring involved in that company i believe um also we both love motorcycling around that's me right. that's me so i love it's me turning the handles to make it go charlie that's uh, kawasaki 792 that's my baby. Uh, so that's what I've got. So we've got a lot of... There's a lot of... Have you ever been mistaken for me? Has anyone mistaken you for me? No. No. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I've got to be truthful. Um, <laughs> there, there's a guy called Henry Cole who who uh, looks a bit like you as well, okay. actually. We could be triplets. I, I, and he, he rides motorbikes as well. And, and, and people come up to me and they say, oh, I said they loved your show when you rode through New Zealand. And I go, that was, wasn't me. <laughs> I go, that was Henry. I said, you've just insulted me. <laughs> I find it insulting that people compare me to you, Charlie. So it's, it's okay. I don't, I don't blame them. I, 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 I wouldn't want to be me. I spent most of my time not wanting to be me. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. That's not nice. Uh, well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's absolutely love to meet you. We've had a, we have had a good chat about our 
ball. A ball. Well, there are balls in plural between the two of us, so that's a that's a good thing. But uh, look, there's so. Much, I mean, I, I I hadn't like forgotten, but the, of course you have uh, this amazing, uh, as well as all the motorcycling stuff that you're probably best known for now. You've got all this amazing acting work you did, uh, mainly as a uh, younger man. It's, they're still doing a bit of acting every now and again, or do you, does it come up? Yeah, and, I, mean, I, I haven't done so much. I mean, well, my father's a film director. Yeah. And he's a, a guy called John Borman. And, yes. and he directed films like Deliverance and Scalibur and Hope and Glory and, and Will Forest and, and lots and lots of movies. And, and, um, and um, I've got three sisters, and so there's four of us. And so whenever Dad was making a movie and there was a, a part for a kid in it, he would say, don't um, employ any children. I've got four free ones. <laughs> so, so we were just thrown into, 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 into movies. So the first movie I was in was... Had anyone seen uh, Deliverance here? Yes. It, with Burt Reynolds and stuff. Yeah. And so um, my father said to me, he said, Charlie, look, if you, if you sit on that sofa with that bloke, I'll give you a tricycle. <laughs> it sounded really dodgy, but, but, <laughs> but I wanted the tricycle. So, 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 so at the end of the movie... Um, when uh, John Voight comes back to his wife at the end of the movie, there's a little boy sitting on a sofa, and so that was me. And so that's where it kind of, kind of went from. And then, and then you know, we were always thrown into his movies, and I, I, I played um, one of the characters in Excalibur. Yeah. Um, Mordred and had a nice suit of gold armor and rode a horse. It was brilliant. And um, and and it kind of it kind of went from there really. And 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 I'm really heavily dyslexic, so. School was always a, a nightmare for me, and and um, and in school I was always in the school plays, and 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 th- that was really the only place I felt like I could, I could express myself, and 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 so I think my father saw that you know there was no point going to university, so I left school at sixteen, yeah. and and I went off and I was making movies and and and, and had some some success in the sort of eighties and nineties. Yeah, well, the Emerald Forest is a great film as well, which you're, you're the star of the Emerald yeah, Forest. Yeah, which... I had to sleep with my father for 17 <laughs> years to get that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a weird, because it's quite... It's a film in which you're a, 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 your characters sort of ended up living with tribes in South America. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you be, you become, like, part of the tribe. But there's a lot of nudity in it and some yeah, sauciness. Yeah, I mean, 17, there was a lot of naked girls as yeah. well. It was like... Wow, you know, <laughs> but your going dad straight from boarding school to that it was it was brilliant. But your dad's directing it. Is that was that a yeah. bit weird? Having your dad, I, I, it's it's funny, isn't it? You, you know, <laughs> a lot of. I think at the beginning of the movie when I got the part, there was lots of this sort of talk of nepotism and 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 you know the people think oh he's only got the part because he's you know because of his dad and stuff. And so I think I think um, I think dad was always much harder on me whenever I was in any of his movies. He was sure. to sort of. Make it, I had to be better than 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 I I needed to be in order to 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 sort of you know stop that. But but then I remember sort of I think a week into the into the show I got absolutely blind drunk and the crew had to carry me home, <laughs> and so that, so it, it kind of the, the ice broke on on that bit. So yeah. So but but it is it's always tougher when I think when you when you when you, when the door sort of opens for you 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 know you can you can go in but but. But you know, if you do get the job, then you usually tend to have to work a little bit harder. Yeah, but, uh, and the movie, and if you're carrying, I mean, it's a different sitting on a couch in Deliverance that you weren't going to wreck that film. Yeah. But <laughs> if, you, if you, I didn't get picked, imagine <laughs> if I'd taken points on that movie, I'd have been a, I'd have been a millionaire. <laughs> but it also, I think I saw that film before I knew there was any relationship between the two. And you, you, it's you're very, you're excellent in it. Well, it's very kind. 
But uh, but no, I mean it was it was funny growing up um, uh, in Ireland because because we grew up in the middle of the countryside in Ireland and and in the middle of the nowhere and and then sort of every two or three years we'd go off to to California or go to South, South um, go to Georgia or go to the South Pacific or Brazil or wherever it was that Dad was making a movie yeah. and whether or not we were in it or not we were just these kids who kind of went along so there was always people kind of hanging around the house and, you know, I'd go out and knock about on motorbikes and, and, and then come back for lunch and, and there'd be a table full of people. I had no idea who they were. They were just eating all my food and, <laughs> and, 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 and take it. But so, so it, was, it, was, it was great fun. So we either lived in the middle of nowhere or we were on a film set. So it was, it was kind of bizarre. Yeah. But, um, and then, you know, all of Dad's friends like you know the the reason dad got into america was because he uh he made a film called catches if you can with the dave clark five I, I, I don't know if you ever remember them they were sort of a flash in the pan band and they did that song catches catches if you can yeah yeah and it was a famous film song um anyway by, by the time he made the movie dave clark five were, were finished and, and so <laughs> that didn't really help his film <laughs> but um but Lee Marvin saw that movie. Okay. And, and he was the biggest box office at the time. Yeah. And, he's, and he came up to my dad and said, I want you to direct my next movie. And that was a film called Point Blank, which is, if you haven't seen it, it's a fantastic film. Yeah. And, and, um, and so dad went off to, off to the States and they became friends. They made a couple of movies together and he became my godfather yeah. of, of, of all people. Uh, he was a shit godfather, though. I mean, he was drunk <laughs> most of the time. And I don't think he ever once bought me a present. Never sent you a book token. No, never sent me a book token. <laughs> but he, he was an amazing guy. I mean, he, he fought in the South Pacific in the Second World War. He was a U.S. Marine, and he, he saw proper action. I think, his, he, I think he drank because um, uh, when they were in, in the South Pacific, they, they, were, they were led into an ambush, and, and his whole battalion were wiped out except for him. And and, um, and and his mate, and not a lot of people know this, but he was shot in the ass. And, 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 and you know, being a Marine, that suggests you were running away. <laughs> you know? and, um, but he was, it was a ricochet, and he was on the ground, and his friend came back, got him, carried him out. Wow. And um, so he was always a, a bit, you know, a bit loose. Uh, yes. And, and um, I do remember one funny story about, about him. Well, there's quite a few, really. But anyway, this one in particular, so... Um, Point Blank had, had just come out and was a big success. And, and, and he, uh, so they were, they were at Malibu Pier on the beach. There was a famous restaurant there that everybody would eat at. And so my dad and my mum and my two older sisters and, and, and Pam, his, his wife, were, no, his first wife, uh, anyway, um, were there. And, and, and Lee was hammered drunk and it was his car. And, and dad said, look, Lee, give me the keys to the car. You're too drunk to drive. And Lee wouldn't wouldn't give him the car, so they had this tussle. And Lee's six foot three, and Dad's my height. And uh, anyway, Dad got the keys, and he ran to the car, and got the driver's car, and he locked the door. And Mum and my sisters all dived into the car as well, and everyone rolled up their windows. And Lee was shaking the car, and he wouldn't get in. And then and then he finally climbed up onto the roof of the car, and he and he wouldn't get off the roof of the car. And Dad thought, God, he's going to be here all night. So he thought, well, it's only a mile down the PCH. And, uh, PCH is Pacific Coast Highway. It's one of the busiest roads in Los Angeles. <laughs> and it runs all the way along the coast up to, up to San Francisco. So he, he got the car and Lee's still on the roof of the car and he gets onto the road and he turns down and he's going down about 200 metres down the road and there's a police bike coming up the <laughs> other way and the police bike sees this and he puts the lights on, chases my father, pulls him over and, 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 and you can imagine Lee, his concentration is now 
on the policeman and I mean the foul language that was coming out of his mouth and the policeman completely ignored him he walked up to the car and he knocked on the window of the car and dad rolled down the window thinking fucking hell and the guy leans in and he goes sir do you realise you have Lee Marvin on the roof of your car (laughs) and my father says yes I do and he goes okay that's fine sir have a nice evening and and off he went (laughs) so he was a a fun man to be around he really was Yeah, it must, it must be so incredible to, you know, without, when you're not even really aware of necessarily who those people, as a kid, we'd, we'd be surrounded by all those people. But I also read that you were the first male to hold uh, Angelina Jolie. Uh, uh, yeah. As a, uh, well, yes, I, I was. Um, uh, but, <laughs> I, I mean, it doesn't sound as amazing as it, as it sounds. Like you make it sound yeah. like it was, um, I was a page boy at their, at their wedding. And, right. and so... Um, she was dumped into my hands, crying. Right. Someone must have held her before, before that, before well, you were a parents, parent. yeah, you know, okay. uncles, aunts. <laughs> I've kind of imagined you at the birth somehow. <laughs> she, she popped out. Catching. You delivered her <laughs> first. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So, yeah, when she was a baby, you held Angelina Jolie. Does she remember? Have you met her since? No, not a clue. No. <laughs> and um, uh, but I, I must say that um, uh, Angelina's mother, Michelin. Um, yeah. And and um, what you know is one of the mo- was one of the most beautiful. I remember I was only nine, and I was completely and utterly besotted by right. her. I thought she was just the most beautiful person on earth. Right. Oh, that's lovely. Very nice. Um, what about Tucker's Luck? Do you remember being in Tucker's Luck? That's the big one. That's yeah, that was. I did the Emerald Forest and travelled around <laughs> the world promoting the movie, and and then I then my next job was Tucker's Luck. I was dungeon master in Tucker's Luck. <laughs> What's Todd Carty like in real life? Is he? He's he really. Did you really, ever drive around with him? Really the, nice guy, he, actually. Yeah. yeah, and and I keep bumping into him, you know, every so often, and 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 he's always comes up and says hello, and and, and he's a he's a proper proper fella. It's good. Do you remember being on the Podge and Rod show? Do you know what it is? I don't remember the Podge no. and Rod show. No, it should I don't. be more memorable. I, I think it's an Irish puppet show of some. Oh, kind. the Podge. Oh, yeah. No, that's quite loose as well. Well, yeah. they do a nighttime version. How oh, do they? And um, I think it was an evening one. Yeah, okay. and they were quite rude. It was brilliant, actually. <laughs> it was that was that was good. And they ply you with Guinness and get you drunk and then throw you out in front of the camera. So it was nice. Good. And the other thing, the thing I want to ask you from uh, Wikipedia, which is not necessarily the greatest of sources, uh, were you in Alien? No, it no. Says you were I've in been Alien. asked it a lot. No, I, th- I think, but th- lots of people say, "Oh, your dad directed Alien," and, right. I, go, and I say, "No, that, no, he didn't." And they didn't. go, "Yes, he did." <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> that was Ridley. <laughs> <You know. laughs> okay, so you didn't because it says that you and Ridley Scott's son were were. I mean, I don't, I'm not telling you were in it. No. If you're saying you weren't, no, it definitely wasn't. Okay, in it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what that's what, it's on Wikipedia. What well, we, that's Wikipedia. What can Wikipedia? So when the sort of the acting sort of you you ended up sort of being a painter and decorator in between acting jobs. Yeah, my acting career went really downhill. I mean, I. Um, I had some success um, with with Emerald Forest in eighty four, eighty five, yeah. and then I had, did a number of films on that. But but I kept choosing films for their location. So you know, they saw this films shooting in Africa, and I got to take it. And then I'd read the script on the plane on the way there, and I think, fuck, you know, this is shit. But <laughs> but it's great location, and 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 I was obsessed by um, by travel and by and by people and 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 the people that you meet um, yeah. in these different countries and. 
Um, and I think I probably got that from my father. My father had a reputation for being um, a really, a really, uh, um, uh, a, a guy who makes movies in really difficult locations yeah. and, 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 you know, a t- tough filmmaker. And, and, and I think I, I, I got that, that, that sense of travel and being in those kind of difficult places. And I loved it. And, and, yeah. and dad and, Watching Dad thrive in those situations was was great. I mean, he was quite a tough. He had a terrible reputation of being quite tough. He yeah. used the c word all the time, and you'd be sitting there when, we, especially when you're young, about thirteen on on set, and suddenly you hear him screaming and shouting and saying, firing people all over the place, and you're thinking, oh god, and just wanting to just sort of shrivel up and run away. You know, has he settled down in old age? He has. He's well, he's eighty nine now, yeah. and and he's he he wrote three books in COVID and, and a script, right? And so yeah, he, he wrote a lovely book um, called Conclusions, his his sort of last chapter of his life, and he says, I don't think I'll have time for more. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but he's he's an amazing guy. I mean, he's his body kind of sort of has let him down a little bit, but but his mind is just is just incredible. That's great. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Um, and you, but you, you met um, you and on a film. So you got, you got, you, 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 it was up and down, right, to the yeah. acting career. So it wasn't... Oh, no, it was. It was, t- it was, it was tough. I mean, because I was... Uh, Going to all these different countries and the films weren't weren't that great. They were becoming less and less. Yeah. And 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 I was I I I whenever I did a film because of being dyslexic, I really struggled uh, learning lines, and I, I just found it incredibly difficult. And and it used to completely stress me out. And so I was sort of going off acting because of that. Right. And, and doing theatre and having to learn the whole play was just. I would have to start months ahead to learn the lines and was awful but anyway so i was sort of doing less and less and, and i'm doing more and more painting and decorating and, <laughs> and 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 i married and i had a couple of kids and then and then you know the films became less and less and and i was then doing more and more kind of proper building work and 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 that i at that point some point i thought you know this is probably where i'm going to be now and and i felt it i felt it was quite frustrating really because i, I still felt I, I i wanted to travel i wanted to do more you know yeah and um and then and then i i, I did this film called the serpent's kiss with 
with Ewan and it had Pete Postlesway, Greta Scacchi, Richard E. Grant, Ewan McGregor and myself. And I thought, this is brilliant. I'm, I'm back. You know, <laughs> this is my comeback film. Anyway, we had a brilliant time doing it. The film was absolute shit. And, and <laughs> it went straight to DVD and I'm not even sure if anybody bought the DVD. I mean, it was, it was an awful film. But, but, but I, I, I met Ewan yeah. and, and we, we both had our first children at the same time. They were both about six or seven months old when we, when we did the movie together. And, and we just we just hit it off. I, I remember the first conversation I had with Ewan was um, uh, was all about motorcycles, and 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 he had a lot of good to California, and and um, and we spoke about that. And then, you know, here we are, twenty five years later, and we're still talking about motorbikes. And that's yeah. about it. Really, I was talking to him last night, and he was just, oh, Charlie, I just got this new bike. What do you think? And and I, I, I love the whole thing of Zoom and 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 all just talking on WhatsApp on your phone. Just, yeah connects people from all over the world, doesn't it? Anyway, so, and then we ran motorbike race teams together. We did track days together. We did, we did all sorts of stuff together. And, and, and then eventually you and, um, and then we used to go sort of on long weekends together. And then, and then we thought we would, um, we'd do a, like a longer trip and go down to South of France, meet our kids and wives there, ride down, ride back, you know, yeah. for a bit of adventure. And then Ewan rang me up and he said, Charlie, better come over to the house. I've got this idea. And, he, and, he, and, he, and we came over and there was this big map on the table. And, and, <laughs> and it was a map of the world. And he said, look, why don't we, instead of forget Spain, let, let's go to China. <laughs> I went, ooh, okay. And then we thought, well, if we get to China, what, what about Mongolia? And then we kind of thought, well, we may as well go to New York. <laughs> and, and our wives were sort of just looking at us and thinking, well, they were going, how, how, how long is that going to take? And we, and we kind of worked it out that it was going to be about four and a half months. And, and they both didn't bat an eyelid <laughs> about it at all. It, I said to Ollie Arthur, I said, Sally, well, you're not worried that we're going off for four and a half months? She goes, no, nah, I think you'd be right. And, and <laughs> Sounds like they want to get rid of you. Think, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, nowadays, you know, since lockdown, you know... Now that we're kind of the world's open, opening up again, I keep yeah. seeing my suitcase at the front door. So he's sort of going, "Come on, go," <laughs> you know. And so, did, do you, did you just you, did, we're going to do it anyway? And then thought, let's turn it into TV show, or did it was the TV show <clears throat> a part of the in the mix at that point? It, it was, um, you know, we we're going to do it, and then and then st- I didn't really have the money to, to do it. You know, you and um, I, I, I was you know painted decorator, two <laughs> wife, two kids, a mortgage. Um, you know, I just didn't have the money. And um, Ewan had just finished Star Wars, so, so he was minted. And, <laughs> but being Scottish, I probably wasn't going to get any of that. So, uh, uh, but, but then someone mentioned about a book and said that what would, they thought would make a really nice book, you know, yeah. two great friends going off travelling around the world. And, um, and so, we, we, uh, so we approached some book people and, and said... And, and, and that actually was quite easy to get a book. And because you go there... And the, because the pitch was that we're going to go from here to here, not really sure what's going to happen. But I'm sure it'll be all right. And, yeah. and and the book people thought, God, that's great. Two friends, lots is going to happen and stuff like that. But but and, and so we so we so we we got that. And then and then and then I we walked. I remember walking out of the of the publishers and having this book deal. And I'm thinking, well, that's great, but I can't fucking read, let alone <laughs> write. I had no idea how we're going to do it. And Ewan's, you know, just as bad as I am. So then we thought we would do these video diaries, and we would get. Um, someone to help us write the book, and, and we, we both knew exactly what we wanted from the book. Yeah. And so this guy would then help us, and we and then we thought, well, if we're going to do video diaries, we may as well film it. Yeah. And, and then it kind of sort of snowballed from there. But 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 getting the 
TV show was, we, we, we still didn't have a TV deal until I think, you know, three weeks before we were leaving. Right. And we'd already started filming the preparation and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and, and was, it was when we were doing the leaving party that my brother-in-law, James, who was working for Sky at the time, and they'd already passed on it, or he passed on it. Mm. Um, uh, and then when we had the leaving party, we were showing a reel of stuff that we'd filmed. We were just showing stuff of it. And he suddenly re- got the idea of it. And he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he said, right, tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, the contract would be um, at right your on. door. So like three <laughs> weeks before we leave, we got the TV deal. But, but, but when we were in Australia... We flew over to Australia. Ewan was making a second Star Wars there. And, and we went to make a little pilot because people just weren't getting the idea. Anyway, so we th- while we were there, we thought we'd go to one of the TV stations and pitch the idea to them. And anyway, we went to this one place, Channel 8 or 10, or I can't remember. Anyway, we were sitting and we did this pitch and we we're going to go around the world on these motorbikes and we're going to meet people along the way and it's going to be really exciting. Anyway, we finished the pitch and, and, and we said, you know, what do you think? And he said... Do you want to know what I really think? And we said, yeah, and we'd really like to. And he goes, I think two wankers on motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. Anyway, the year later, we sold it to them for a fortune. <laughs> so fuck them. But, um, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah that, that was... So it was, it was a really odd... And then, you know, there was, no, there was no reason why it would be successful. I mean, it just... You know, but thought, how much was there? Was there really no planning? You say like, well, you, you knew where you were going to go, obviously, but the route yeah, you I mean, there was, you was there was plan. There's always if you do a big trip like that where you yeah. have multiple countries that you're going to go to, you've got to in some of the countries you have to do carnets and you have to like we're going to all have to do now just to go to fucking France. We're yeah. going to have to have a carnet for our it's a nightmare. But um, uh, so we had to have that, and, and I think if you're going to do a big trip, you, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't. Um, uh, plan it to the nth degree, but but I would certainly look at the route where you're going to go, and and then sort of within each of those countries, think of what you'd really like to do in those countries, yeah. and then you just you know connect the dots and and off you go. So it's kind of, and that's kind of the way we did it. We wanted it to be as authentic as possible. Yeah, and I suppose it's it's most people don't travel in in that way. So most of us, if we are going to China. Would fly to China. Yeah, I mean, flying, <laughs> so, I mean, flying is fine because yeah. you, you leave an airport that looks like an airport and then you land in, in, in an airport that looks like an airport. And, you know, if you land and take off and land in, in America, if you, I don't know if you've done lots of traveling in America, but all the, I think all the airports are made by the same person. Right. And, and, and I was, I, at one stage, I, I was flying all over the place at one stage and I was sitting, standing in this airport and I couldn't remember what, City I was in, because right. I, I, I was thinking, no, I've just left Chicago, but this looks like Chicago. <laughs> oh, it was just so. It's a very different experience yeah. when you when you when you fly in somewhere, and and um, as to, as opposed to being on 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 time. It's like when you when you and I went down through Sudan and then went from Sudan into Ethiopia. You know, so we went down the Nile, and it's it's stunning and it's very deserty and dry, and I mean it's just beautiful, and um. Uh, and, and then and then you got to the Ethiopian border and it was, and, and it's literally a, a, like on a map. There's a line and, and and just on the other side of the of the border, everything changed. It was wood. It was 
it was green. Um, right. uh, and, and then when you change, you know, all the, the tarmac color changes, the color of the paint on the road changes, the way the dots, the dashes on the road are different, the signposts are different, the architecture, the way people dress. Yeah. It's just it's just the most extraordinary way of travelling. It's just it's it's brilliant. And I guess you just get an idea of the it's even looking at a map it's hard to get the idea of the scale of the world or even how far I and mean, mm. in a globe you don't you know you don't really it's not even really accurate in terms of distance. So No, yeah, the maps are all distorted yeah. a little bit. So so Africa always looks a bit smaller than I mean Africa is a fucking big place. Yeah. And especially when you travel through it you just think oh my god. It's like going across Australia. You know when you fly home from Sydney you know, the first five hours you're flying over Australia, you know, and, and but, it, but you look at it on a map and it's just a little, little island d- down at the bottom of the, of the globe. Yeah. So, so it is, it is, it's very, it's, 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 it's the best way in the world to travel. And, and it's what you said earlier, is it, that it's about the people you are meeting along the way and, you know, people are, I mean, not everyone would have recognised who no, would have recognised even who you and Well, they right? certainly reckon, wouldn't have recognised me. They wouldn't have recognised from the Emerald but, Forest. But, but they would have recognised... I know, I used to keep dropping my trousers. <laughs> and, and, so, and that, that, was the only, that was the only time I ever got an award for my acting <laughs> career was I was voted, in, in Germany, I was voted Best Bum of the Year. Oh, that's not bad. And, um, and being, you know, being a, uh, an act, actor with a big ego, I, I, of course I went to collect it. And, uh, <laughs> But is it, but you know even Star Wars isn't everywhere, right? Is that is that what the, the, some people wouldn't have? Yeah, I remember at uh, one time we were in we were in Tangier and and um, we went to one of the troglodyte um, places where they where they where they um, where they filmed the original Star Wars in those you know in those sunken yeah. things. <laughs> so Ewan goes, ah, I don't want to go there because I'm just going to get mobbed, <laughs> you know. And anyway, we went. Then he had a big beard, admittedly, but. But we went around and we were walking around and not a single person. <laughs> and eventually I said, you, you and stand by that poster of you. And he was standing by the poster of him and he had a beard in the film. And he was standing by the poster and people were just walking by. And I, I, I like to think that, that because it was so hot that people's brains were just fried. And just didn't, didn't, you know, didn't make it. And we were pissing ourselves with laughter. And he was going, these aren't the bikes you're looking for. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't uh, it think it would fun. be really him, I suppose. Maybe that, but you know, I mean, I think once you get once you get to Eastern Europe and start getting to Kazakhstan and Mongolia and Siberia and far Russia and all those places, you know, it, 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 it people people are spending much more time uh, just getting along and just living, you yeah. know, and, and and it's a very different, you know, we're very lucky here in the in the West and this sort of opulent kind of lifestyles that we all have and everything's on our fingertips. Whereas, you know, you don't have to travel very far to see that it all. Uh, or gets a bit harder. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing way to get perspective on people. But you, I've heard you saying that like 99% of people in the world are good people. Are and, good. And, you know. But it's the... You know, we, you asked me that question, you know, should, uh, should you... Would you be happy with six and seven-year-olds running, running your country? Yeah. And I'm thinking, yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true, you know, that um, I think if you look at Iran, I, I spent a, a bit of time making a TV show in Iran and it's one of the nicest places you'll ever travel through and people are lovely and they're very funny, everyone speaks English, everyone's really well educated, the food is amazing and then you've got, you know, these nutters who are looking after the place and, yeah. and, it, and they don't reflect the people, you know, and, and it's the same in most countries, you know, I'm, it's, 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 you know, it's these nutters who, who are, you know, like Putin at the moment, you know, he's just, <clears throat> he's just had a bit of power for a bit too long, hasn't he, really? Yeah. And um, but was it ultimate power ultimately corrupts? So 
Yeah, well, he definitely has. That seems to be the case in this. But you mean you've been, you've sort of been everywhere, right? Within, even within the, I mean, there's so many different series you've done anyway. Yeah. But even with the the, the three with uh, you and you've you've sort of nearly been everywhere. So is it, is it what is it giving you perspective on the the world as a whole? Is there a place that you prefer, or is it just the is it the fact that you're you're going to all these different places? I, I think it's exciting to you. I'm. A big, big fan of 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 the African continent. I right. think I think Kenya and Uganda, Rwanda, and Tanzania, Malawi, and all those places are just. I think it's the most magical place in the world. It's it's the only it's the only continent in the world. It's the only continent in the world where there's actually any wildlife left, and right. and everything and every other continent you've been to, it's all just been killed off. And so you can, you know, I mean, I take I do motorcycle tours from Cape Town to Victoria Falls. Once a year, we take a bunch of people on motorbikes and we go through South Africa, Namibia, Botswana, Zimbabwe, and, and, and we go on all these safaris and we stay in these beautiful lodges. And, and I mean, stunning, stunning places. And, and you know, there's, where else in the world can you be going riding along a motorbike and you have to stop because 40 elephants are crossing the road and yeah. you're just saying, you're going, this is the third time today, for <laughs> fuck's sake, you know. And you actually get, if I see another fucking elephant, you know, and, and it's amazing. And the giraffe, and you wake up in the morning, and there's one hotel we stay in where it has these little cottages around this, um, around this uh, uh, watering hole. And, and, and you wake up at six in the morning and sun, sunrise, and you look down at the watering hole, and there's an, an, a, a lion or a, or, a, or, a, or, a, or a giraffe or a hippo. Or a, it's, just, it's, just, it's just beautiful. And the yeah. people are just magical as well it's a lovely part of the world sure so you obviously like the adrenaline mean, i don't like the adrenaline of going fast i've been on a speedboat this weekend and it made me sad <laughs> um, actually i was thinking when you were talking about a speedboat of the thames we were up the thames with a friend of mine who's got a speedboat and and, <laughs> and we were herring along and, and then we ran out of petrol and 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 so i uh we we managed to get to the side where there's one of these police uh stations on yeah. the on the thing and we get off there and, and I get the, the, the petrol can and, and I go to, uh, to get a taxi to go to a petrol station and I'm thinking, I just hope I don't meet anybody uh, that I know because it's been quite embarrassing <laughs> having run out of petrol on a boat. It's the last thing you want to do. Anyway, so I hail this taxi down, get in the taxi and he goes, oh, hi, Charlie. <laughs> and, and I look at him, and it's a mate of mine who I go dirt bike with, riding with in Wales. Right. I mean, how... Can you? Can that be? Anyway, then. But so by the time I got home, I had friends texting, going, "Oh, so you ran out of petrol on the on the Thames, did you?" And, oh man, it was just. Anyway, I, lo- I, I love all that speed and and adrenaline and. Yeah, and, and, and you're not. Like you've it. had some uh, quite a lot of accidents. I mean, yeah. as many accidents, I would say maybe you shouldn't be getting on motorbikes. <laughs> but you've had some quite. I mean, you've had serious accidents. Y- like. Yeah, the last four years, five years has been quite bad. Yeah. Um, uh, I've, I've had lots of accidents in the past because um, of running motocross bikes and enduro bikes. So that's part of the whole part and parcel. But <clears throat> in 2016, I, I got clipped by a car in Portugal and smashed my legs to pieces. Yeah. And that was quite bad. And, um, uh, and that was 17 operations to get those back together. And that took two years. And um, I had big cages on my leg and stuff like that. But, um, but my daughter caught me. I was heading out the door with this big cage. I could, I could, it was complicated because I broke both legs at the same time, which means you can't really get about. So, you know, pooping and going to the toilet was always a, a, an issue because you were 
taking a lot of morphine, you know, you just get bunged up. So it's just either you just can't shit or you do shit and it's really painful. And 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 now I kind of have a sense of what childbirth is like. But, <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, so I was, I, my, my, my right ankle was better so I could get out on crutches. So I was sneaking out the door because I, I decided that I could, because I had this big cage around here, this, you know, those external cages holding your leg together. And I thought, I, I, I'm thinking I could, I could get, because I couldn't get on my normal motorbike because the cage, I couldn't get my foot close enough to change gear. So I thought, well, I can't ride that unless I put a little extension on the gear changer and then, you know, to make it longer. Anyway, I was, all that was going on in my mind. And, uh, and then I thought, well, I can get on my wife's scooter. So I'm sneaking out the door and my daughter comes, suddenly appears at the door and she goes, where are you going? And I said, I just, uh, Ollie said that her scooter, um, there was something wrong with the front brake. And she goes, why do you need the helmet? <laughs> <laughs> and this sort of th- and eventually I said, look, I'm just going for a just quick ride. Okay, anyway, I went off and got on the bike and I could, I could ride the motorbike because it's just twist and go. And then, because um, I hadn't ridden a motorbike for like a year and a half, I was going on the road in Barnes and, 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 I, and all these cars and everyone was just flying past me. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, in a year and a half now, everyone's driving like nutters. Anyway, I looked down and I was doing 11 miles an hour, <laughs> <laughs> thinking this is really fun. Anyway, so that, um, but there were all sorts of things on that one. So, you, you know, the, the biggest goal, apart from wanting to get back on a motorbike after these, these, these accidents, uh, after smashing my legs, and it was always, the, the focus was always, get back on a motorbike and I think that's what kind of kept my mental health so right. well was because I had a I had a purpose I I had a, a goal to get to but 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 my first goal was to sit on a toilet that was my first <laughs> my first goal and 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 I'll get in a wheelchair and I'll be scooting along and and uh, under the stairs is a little toilet under the stairs and, and just a tiny little just a toilet and a sink and you have to go down two steps to sit in the toilet. I, I would go along, I'd keep looking at it, thinking, God, I'm sure there's a way of... Anyway, I figured out there was a way of... I thought I'd give it a go, and, and I took the, the wheelchair to the front, the first two steps of the, of the steps going up to the upstairs, and there was a little landing bit, so I managed to get off the, 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 uh, the wheelchair, and I put my bum on the, on the landing, and then I, I bummed put my bum down onto the floor and I shuffled my way to the, to the, to the toilet and I put my legs in first and, um, and then I thought what I'll do is I'll hinge up on this better leg and pull my trousers down and swing around, <laughs> sit on the toilet yeah. and take a poop and, and it's been, it'd been like a year, you know, and, and so I did that, so I went, I went around and got my trousers down and, and I, but as I sat on the toilet I missed the toilet and, and I wedged myself between the because the wall was really close, I wedged myself between the toilet and the thing, and I was stuck in the in this edge thing like this, and, and I'm thinking, oh, what the fuck am I going to do now? And, and and my daughter, my other daughter, walked past. I remember she had her laptop and she was looking at something, and she just looked down and she said, "What the fuck are you doing there?" And just walked off. And I said, "Can you help?" And she said, "No." And and, and I somehow managed to pull myself up, finally sat on the toilet. And I tell you, I must say, that was probably the best poop I've ever had in, in all my life. But it was... Um, but there were loads of little little milestones like that. It's, it's, it's quite difficult when... when and and, and the, there, were, there were life-changing um, uh, 
results of it. So my yeah. ankle and my legs don't work so well anymore. I can walk and stuff, but I can't walk very far. I can't climb mountains anymore. I can't do, I can't, you know, I look at people, my daughter runs up the stairs on the telephone, and I think, you bitch. <laughs> I just could never do that again, you know, right. and stuff like that. So there's lots of things that have happened, but but as you recover, you know, you, 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 um, you know, you have these little, you have the big goal, but you have these little milestones as you go along. And, and I think, I think, you know, you need them and it's, and it can be very difficult sometimes, you know, you're sitting there and I was sleeping downstairs and, um, I couldn't get upstairs for, for, for such a long time. And sometimes you, you know, cause you're lying around all day. You don't necessarily sleep so well, sure. uh, at night, you know, and you wake up in the, in the, um, in the middle of the night and, and that's when all the kind of the bad things go around in your head and, and, and then you finally nod off again and then you wake up and you think all the rubbish that you were thinking in the middle of the night and scary stuff but yeah. but I think you I think oft, often you, you and you spend a lot of time sort of thinking about um, what if, should I, could I have, should have done that maybe if I left the, the hotel five minutes or a minute later yeah. it would never have happened and and stuff, and then you got to sort of catch yourself because you, it, no matter what you could have done, it, it doesn't make any difference because it's happened, and yeah. there's nothing you can do to change it. So you're best to just park that trauma and not let it define you and and move on. And I think part of my of of, of my healing was 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 when I woke up the next day. Um, in hospital in Portugal and both my legs were in plaster and my ha- I'd broken my hand as well. So I was sitting there and I only had one hand <laughs> left. I'm thinking, fucking hell, this is bad. And, and I was really starting to feel really sorry for myself. And then I, I kind of realized there was an, another patient in the, in the room and I looked over and there was another guy in the bed beside me and he was in a, he was in a terrible way and um, in much, much worse than I was. And, and, and I remember looking over at him and I remember looking at myself and I remember actually feeling quite cheery about the whole thing and thinking, actually, this is not so bad. They probably just employ that guy to go, yes, they're quite badly in- yeah. let's get in the cast, full body cast. Yeah. It's, gonna, it's better than Pat Adams. this guy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting that, the, that after that, and I know the accident was, you know, you were avoiding it, so someone else's fault, wasn't it? You were avoiding, yeah. 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 avoiding still a car. Still, it's, but on a motorbike, it's still kind of your fault. You right. should have seen it coming, you know. But but the fact that you wanted to go, that the impetus to get better was to go back on the bike is kind of, I mean... Dumb. It's kind of crazy, but I mean, it's sort of, it's that's how much you you love the bike. And you've, but you've had think, subsequent accidents as well yeah, beyond this one. But but I think I think it's it's the same with someone who, who loves, if you, I'm sure you guys know someone who rides horses as well, and they'll always say they've broken a leg or an arm or whatever it is, yeah. and they still get back on on the horse and, 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 um, uh, but I think, um, yeah. And, and I, th- I think the, the pleasure of being on a motorcycle and I think it's a real, you know, everyone talks about mindfulness now, don't they? And about, you know, about your state of health. And we were talking about it earlier about, about testicular cancer and having cancer and having to deal with it. And, and, and the more you talk about it, the, the, the less of a problem it becomes, sure. you know, there's that great line in, 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 in Crocodile Dundee when, when when they say, well, how do you deal with problems? He goes, well, such and such tells Wally, and then Wally tells everybody, and then there's no more problem. <laughs> you know, which is to a degree is quite true. Yeah. You know, the more you talk about it, so I think. Uh, uh, and then when you ride a motorbike, the, the the idea of 
having had a stressful day at work and you've got your 20 or 30 minute ride home after work and you put your helmet on, there's no distractions. It's not like being in a car when you can still talk on the phone, you've got the radio, you might be eating crisps from the packet, reading the newspaper in traffic and, or you know, whatever it is. And so by the time you get home, you're, you're, you're still busy with work. Whereas on a motorbike or on a bicycle, you, you, by the time you get home, your mind is clear and, and, and you're ready to meet your kids or meet your, your wife or meet whatever's coming next. And I, I, think, I think it's a real, really good mindful, mindfulness way. Okay. And then off to Africa, we got back on the bike after two years and went to Africa and then had a fucking massive crash right. again and really messed myself up at that time, you know. So two broken, broken hand and two broken legs isn't really messed up. The next, the yeah, next no, one, the next was, one was pretty big. I, 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 I bent this, this arm backwards and all the bones came out and um, I had a big head injury and brain bleeds and brain swell and broke my pelvis and had that plated and broke my collarbone, had that pelvis and then broke all the ribs down my left side and punctured my lung. and well, like, I don't remember anything. I just remember <laughs> waking up in the hospital and my wife was there. And I was looking at him thinking, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> and, and she was going, what the fuck have you done this time? You know, she was really pissed off. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, so that, that was quite a bad one. And that, I had, that was a big, big head injury. That really, particular, I, I really wasn't right. Um, Actually, my wife said, we weren't right. She said, never have been, really. But that took, you know, four or five months before I could even even consider driving again. That right. really was quite, it, was quite, it was awful, actually, having a concussion. Yeah, I mean, but that's, you know, and then, but then you've, you've subsequently done another of your big trips after that, right? So the long yeah, way yeah, up Yeah, I've done another one. Yeah, the well, long way up was after all of those. Yeah. And then um, there's a great book called Long Way Back, if you... Want to buy it? <laughs> it's all about the crashes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's sort of ex- it's extraordinary. I think it feels extraordinary to me that you could have you could have a crash like that and and within this time frame still be, you know, be, be walking here and <laughs> sitting here with be and and be but as fine as you are. You know, I know it's, I know things aren't perfect, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't think that. that yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I remember when I first got back on my bike on, after the first crash. You know, I remember properly when I got on a bike properly. And I rode down the road, road and I was, I was crying. I was just so happy to... And it wasn't so happy about being back on a motorbike, but it was being back in life, you know, back, back to some form of normality. That's what really... And so the idea of being on a bike and, and being able to ride it was, was, was the, what marked the, the beginning of the end of my, of my recovery. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And, and, and that was, that was, that was a, such a milestone for me. Yeah. And I, but I remember the other time when I was on the wheelchair, I thought I can drive, and and that was on the first one. So I went to my car and and with the wheelchair, and um, I got in the car, no phone, no keys. I was just completely so excited that I thought I could do it, and I, I drove up down the road, rode around. I got back, and someone had taken my parking space where my wheelchair was. <laughs> so I was stuck in the car and I wasn't going to tell my wife that I'd gotten in the car. So then, then I had to stop outside the house and I had to beep on the, on the, on the horn until, until our front door opened up and my, and my wife and my two daughters were there just looking at me as if to, to say again, what the fuck are you doing? You know, I'm like, starting to understand why they don't mind you going away for four months. No. 
but uh, yeah, no. So so get back on the on the bike was was definitely part of the yeah, recovery. I mean, it's 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 crazily impressive as well as crazy. Just just yeah. Well, and plus the fact that's the only thing I really know how to do. Yeah. And to actually make any money is to actually <laughs> ride a motorbike. So part of me, you know, doesn't really have a choice either. <laughs> yeah, one trick pony. And so the late, the latest or long way up is the latest one is uh, all on electric yeah. bikes. Yeah. And it's been quite a while between the, the those two mm-hmm. series, right? Yeah, so, it was twelve years. Um, yeah. Between two, I mean, I've been doing lots of other TV shows. I did the Dakar Rally. Made a TV show that broke my hands on that one, yeah. uh, and then um, and then and then did the, all these loads of ones called Extreme Frontiers and travelled all over the place and stuff. And so we were always busy. And Ewan was was just rocketing off as this A lister, and he'd just moved to the the states. So we were we were, and then every time he was coming over here to make a movie, I was always going somewhere else to to do a TV show. So we just kept missing each other, and then we just hadn't seen each other in ages. And and then I had this the, that first big crash. And um, and I remember um, someone, I think my wife rang you and, and said, look, you know, Charlie's had this big crash, you know, and, and so, and then um, I think, and I remember Ewan was, was on his way to work and he was just about to get on his motorbike to go to work and had this big crash and, and, and it was like, shit. And then he w- went to go to get his car keys. <laughs> he thought, maybe I won't drive right today. And then he stopped halfway through and he goes, no, 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 no. Charlie would be furious if, <laughs> if you got in the car. So he got back on the motorbike and, and rode off. And then, I, um, and, then we, and then we just, and then he just thought, God, this is stupid. We just haven't really seen each other for ages. And then, um, and then we started talking you know, a bit more. Um, and started talking about maybe doing another one, and then I had another crash, that other the second crash, and then he was over in London making a, a movie, and I was just recovering. I was sort of still, I'd been back in a wheelchair because I broke my pelvis, and and um, uh, anyway, he came over and said, "Oh, can, can we come and stay for a couple of days, um, just to say hi?" And so they came, and then they ended up staying a month, and um, couldn't get rid of him. Fucking, hell. <laughs> I mean, it was like you know. So when is this film finished? Like, like, um, but um, and it was lovely um, uh, having them there. And then we went away for a couple of weeks because we were going off somewhere, uh, back to my father's house, and 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 they stayed, they stayed there, and 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 we kind of made that connection again. And then we wanted to do a third a third one, but but uh, I don't think either of us really wanted to do it just on petrol bikes because we we'd already done that. Yeah. And then and then it was Russ Malkin, one of the two producers on the TV show, said, you know, why don't you do it electric? And we thought, wow, the electric vehicles can't go anywhere. And and um, uh, and then we thought, well, actually, why not? And 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 then you know, everyone says you can't do it, so it seemed like a good idea to do it. And yep. and, and 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 there's this big thing. I'm, I'm sure all of you have that kind of when you talk about electric vehicles, you talk about range anxiety, yeah. and people get very stressed and they go, well, the, the, that that. Tesla will only do 300 miles. I couldn't possibly have a car that will only do 300 miles. And you go, well, how, how, how often do you actually fucking drive 300 miles in a day? But they go, well, I go to Cornwall. And you go, yeah, well, when was the last time you were in Cornwall? Well, two years ago. And, and so, you know, so I think there's lots of negativity about electric. Yeah. And, and I think if you're 35 plus, I think, you know, it's a big negative thing. I think if you're below 35 and my kids, you know, they didn't give a shit. What, what it is, and most of them don't even have a car. They just take Ubers, and yeah. they wouldn't care if it was electric or they have no, you know, no. It's a very different concept of owning 
something is 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 big. So so we so we did it, and 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 so now when people say, oh, I wouldn't have electric because you can't go anywhere, and you go, well, actually, <laughs> you can. You know. So where was it? Where was it? This was up through so America, from bottom of Argentina, yeah. to to Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, and and in the whole of South America, Central America, and Mexico, there are no fast chargers. <laughs> so we're just plugging in, but that that made it really interesting because you know not only were we plugging into people's houses, but we were sort of plugging into their lives because because you had to hang around for such a long time to 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 let it charge. Um, you were you were sort of having completely different. So whereas most of the time we'd spend in petrol stations, now we were just knocking around in people's houses, and and that was it was it was a really nice experience. And because you could only go a certain distance each day because. Of there are no fast charges, you know. You 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 your whole outlook of of how you travelled was completely different. So, not only was it was it a different vehicle, but it was a completely different experience as yeah. well. It's, it was very cool. It really was. Yeah. I mean, I I thought I'd miss the petrol engine, but quickly you 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 don't miss it at all because you you know suddenly you can hear the road. You can you can feel the road. There's no vibration of the bike. Right. You 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 feel um, speed and acceleration in a completely different way because there isn't that big whining. You know, the the more the engine revs, that suggests the faster you go. So, but there's none of that. So it's a completely different. So I'm not I'm not saying it's any any better or any worse, but but it's 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 different and I it's, mean, it's and, cool. And also, there's electricity everywhere really right yeah. so like there's not petrol everywhere you know there's a chance you could be i know there are petrol stations but you could you can usually find some electricity if you yeah, need to no so, no for sure always with for petrol. sure and and um you uh it is yeah yeah i mean it is um it's fine and you meet all sorts of people in a completely different way as well yeah. and then animals and stuff i mean you could pull up on the side of the road i pulled up beside all these llamas and 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 because you weren't really making any noise they 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 didn't run away. They just they just hung out, right. and they're quite pretty. They got these beautiful eyes, big long eyelashes, and they sort of blink at you, you know, <laughs> and you become mesmerized by them, you know. Yeah, it's well, it's, it's an extra. But, so, so, but but and what is that? Anxiety, uh, uh, range anxiety syndrome, isn't a new thing. Um, and and back in the day when 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 petrol cars were just coming out, people had terrible range anxiety. So we'd leave, you know, I'd leave my house and then head to 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 Guildford, which is down the road. I had a full tank of gas, but when I get to Guildford, there was, there was almost no chance of getting petrol because the, in the only places they would sell petrol when cars first came out was in chemists. Right. So you could only buy it. In, so people had terrible range anxiety. And, and, and then eventually petrol stations started to come around and then people, you know, suddenly petrol was everywhere. And, and the same thing is sort of happening now, isn't it? Mm. There's, there's now there's a bit of money in, in electric vehicles. You know, suddenly you see chargers everywhere. Yeah. Well, I've got an electric car and I've, I've never had to charge it outside of... I've not ever gone on a really long journey in it, but I've never had to charge it outside of my house. Yeah. I, I've mean, done, I have done it a couple of times just to see how you do it. But, but I can drive London and back. I can drive all my, obviously all the local stuff. It's so it's, it's you know it's really good. And you must but... have felt really fuck. You were one of those little fuckers who were really smug in the last petrol crisis, sort of driving past, going. Oh, yeah. Well, I was doing I was doing these actually. It was really it was a really weird thing because I dro- it was for three Mondays I drove past every petrol station between my house and here, and they were all closed. I don't know if they'd have opened up in the interim at all or whether they'd been closed for three weeks. But it did feel like yeah, that is pretty pretty good. Although now all fuel is going to be so expensive, I'm not sure electricity's. 
going to be any better. Charging at a home is going to be well, any better. you know, with electricity now, you can, <laughs> you can charge your car because you don't need to have it full all the time. No. So you can, you can get these smart charges now where you plug your car in and it'll only charge the car on the cheap tariff between yeah. a certain hour and a certain hour. And and um, and so it's 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 clever. And and I noticed that I don't know if you were knocking around London on the bicycle when uh, on that first lockdown when there was just nothing around. Mm. And and I remember going past Buckingham Palace and and the and and, and there was there was no. I stopped and it was beautiful sunny day. And it was blue sky. I'd never seen the sky so blue in London. And 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 the air was so clean and mm. you could hear birds and you could hear. All this kind of stuff, and and, and you, you suddenly had like a, a snapshot at, at what at what what big cities would be like if 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 the majority of the vehicles were electric. Mm. It would be that nice. So it's it's you know it's actually not that bad. No, I don't <laughs> think you know. No. Well, I think you know it's it's, not, it's the way it's going to be going anyway. I think which is you know it is it is very good. Um, is there have you got any other plans? Are you going on any more? Trips, the stuff coming up. Yeah, I've got I've got a few a few bits and pieces right. that, that that I'm doing. Uh, I think you, you, you and I have been talking about doing another one, and um, uh, so that might happen in the next year or so. And then right. and then I've got something going on in Ireland uh, um, this year for this summer, which should be really fun. It involves motorcycles and a bit of cooking and a bit of culture and people. And because I grew up in Ireland, and and yeah. that's where that's where I kind of sort of. First rode my motorbikes and and, and 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 stuff like that. I used to ride horses. I was a complete horse nut. And then um and then a friend of mine had a motorbike and I realised you didn't have to clean it, muck it up, feed it. You didn't <laughs> you could just you could ride it and beast it all day and then just lean it up against the wall and go to go home. You know, it was it was a, a game changer. But um but so yeah, so it's sort of back to my roots, I suppose, in Ireland. Cool. Um look, it's been absolutely lovely to talk to you both just now and the other podcast we're doing which is going to be a new podcast coming out soon about losing nuts. Like, about nuts about testicles losing testicles uh, and fantastic stuff in that as well which we haven't really I haven't really touched your testicles uh, during this chat <laughs> hardly at all uh, but thank you so much for coming on ladies and gentlemen give a massive round of applause the incredible Charlie Borman thank you very much <laughs> which one's thank which you thank you thank you thank you thank you come back next week we'll see you next week you have been listening to Rahalastapub with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Charlie Borman. We look the same. It's confusing. Thank you to Scamp Regard for playing the music for this bit here. It's nice. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I'm indebted to the director, Chris Evans, not that one. I'm indebted to all of the crew, including incompetent Sandman George. He's the best one out of everyone. Uh, thank you to everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre for having us here and looking after us so nicely. Uh, thank you as well to all the people who bet back the Kickstarter, who are and include Benjamin Molorn, that's not a real name, Soren Muller, Rachel Todd, Andy Lloyd, Steve Fowler, Joe and Phil Belcher, Mauricio Reyes, I reckon I got that, Jolly Mnemonic, Jenny Snow... <laughs> Jenny Sloman, Ryan Krellin, Anonymous, David Luton, Ben Freeman, Tim Killen, Lewis Archer, or Louis Archer, Yes Please, Liz and Owen, Springsteen Fan, Christine James, Phil McCracken, Gillian Wallace, Steve Mitkowski, 
Richard Nicholson, Greg McCloy, John Burton, Mark Inman, Stuart Gunpowder, Martin Peck, James Lynn, Matt Leahy, pronounced Leahy, I got it right, not applicable, Matt Hoskins, Bouncy B. Hall, Adam Holman, and Liz Sweet Summer Manton. Crazy. Uh, this is a Skype show to us on GoFasterStripe.com production. You can watch the videos of these shows at gfsboxoffice.com for a small fee. Uh, you can also come and see these shows live. Go to richhang.com slash gigs for more information of where Rahalastapa Rahalastapa will be on next. Become a badger at GoFasterStripe.com slash badges. Thanks for listening. Go away. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>